Welcome back to the Tim Weichselbaum Show. This is episode 24, and I am your host, Timothy Scott Weichselbaum Defers. That's what I yelled at somebody last night when they kept asking me my name a bunch of times. They're like, one more time, what's your name, dude? It's like, dude... Who gives a fuck what my name is? You'll figure it out when I'm famous enough for you to give a fuck about about me, dude. It's like I meet people every freaking day. Every time I go out to a comedy thing, I'm going to probably meet somebody new. Am I going to remember their name or give a fuck about it? No. Does that make me a mean, bad person? No. It just means I don't give a fuck. Fuck! What is that? So is that? Am I supposed to like give a fuck about every random person that comes up to me and introduces themselves enough for me to? Oh, hey, okay, I'll remember that your name is Brent or some shit. So this guy was like, "What? One more time? What's your name again?" It's like, dude, you'll figure it out. I'm new to comedy. You haven't really seen me kill on stage yet, so that's why you don't know my name, and you don't have to know my fucking name. That's how I learn other people's names, is when I see them kill at comedy enough times. Otherwise, I don't care who they are, or if, unless they have like a famous connection to something. If they own a fancy corporation, if they're a VP of financial affairs... For the city council meeting, BS. I even all I care about is people that are doing creative, fun shit. I've been sober for five months, and I'm slowly starting to figure out how to be myself without bows. And boy, can I be an asshole sober still! I, it took me a while to build the confidence to be who I really am without relying on a chemical crutch besides magical mushrooms and be an asshole. Which, 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 I'm not saying I'm actually an asshole. I'm saying that I have a personality and that could be interpreted as, as asshole-ish. I don't fucking know. But uh, I have a personality that I've kind of been hiding behind closed doors like the Wizard of Oz. Like a curtain. Are you Pay no attention to the dick behind the curtain. And so I kind of have been slowly been like, you know what? I could, I don't, I could be like assertive and I don't have to let people just walk over me and label me certain things. Just let it, I could like kind of defend myself in a friendly way. And it's not hard to disarm people when you kind of like, if you fuck up, like if you make a joke on stage, this is advice for uh, new comics. If you say something like fucked up on stage, it doesn't mean you're going to have a terrible rest of the set if you just point out how fucked up the thing you said was. You don't have to just like move through or like sit in the awkwardness. You can just be like, well, that was a dumb thing to say. It's not, the, it's not that hard. It, like People are forgiving, even as a group. Not always. Like, group think is retarded. Like If you had a group of people just all thinking the same thing, yeah, I would punch that person in the face if I could. A lot of people need to be punched in the face a lot more often. I don't. I know what I'm doing. I don't need to be punched in the face. I already feel like I'm doing that to myself all the time. I don't need to be punched in the face. It would just make me 
be like, okay, I already knew that. I don't need to be punched in the face. Other people, like in Austin, where I live, in this fucking big old city that gets really dirty and uh, scummy in certain parts, and there are people that will just punch you in the face if you're in the right place at the right time. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to look for it. it. It's not hard to get punched in the face here. But not everybody deserves to be punched in the face. Some people definitely. I've been taking magical mushies, mushrooms. They're made. They're rooms made of mushy stuff. I've been doing that re- pretty regularly, like every two to three days, like a hippie. It's a trend. It's called microdosing, and I don't care that it's trendy because I feel like I'm getting something out of it, like medically. Like, yeah, I should go to the doctor and get medication that the big pharma, port corp, you know, big billion dollar corporations manufacture. Uh, but in the interim, before I finally rip the Band-Aid off on Medicare and actually, like, get treated for my problems, I'm just kind of taking it into my own hands and in eating fungus that grows from the ground and from other places. It's a weird drug. It's it's a good quality drug for the most part. I don't take a lot. I microdose. Sometimes I take a macrodose. Sometimes I take like a you know little bit enough to kind of feel it. And it's it, it always. I don't regret doing that. Even when I take a small dose, it really is like a. It does something. What it does that I f- first realize is it makes colors more vivid, like really more vivid. Like I thought. Okay, I could see colors just fine. Like, there's a pink thing over there. There's a green screen behind me. What more is there to color? Well, apparently I was missing out on how bright colors are meant to be. And that actually makes life more enjoyable, just colors being sharper. I didn't, I didn't think that. It's a psychological thing, too. And that's what I'm really taking them them for, is I, I grind them up, I, I mix some lemon juice in there, I let it sit, and then I add some hot water, let it sit for longer, like I make a tea, and then I filter it with a coffee filter and just squeeze out every last drop into a cup, and then I just put in a little stevia to make it sweeter, and then I just take it as a shot, and mix and then drink coffee right after so I don't really have to even taste it at all. And then you just feel it. I always feel it, no matter how small of a dose. Even if I take 0.2 or whatever, 0.1, I might even feel. You're not really supposed to feel it, but it's it was a good thing. It wasn't trippy. It was just centering. It was like, you know what? You just don't listen. Just It actually did. Some, it just depends. Sometimes it does make you think about stuff that you were avoiding to think about and it's like shit why did i not why did i just go with my instinct i should have thought about well not with my instincts going with your instincts is not really always a bad thing going with your gut is a good thing i think but not listening to your gut i don't know man so the magical mushrooms they kind of just put you in a centering mood and they kind of like level you out but you can't do them every day because then they'll wear off and not work anymore and uh, I don't know. They should be legal. They should be manufactured on a mass scale in a huge factory the size of Giga Texas, which just opened. And they should just be able to you just say, okay, this is exactly how much you know psilocybin is in it by weight, and it just it comes exactly. You could just get it in any dose you want, and it would be like 
uh, safe, meaning no contaminants because it would be tested or whatever. It would have to go through like regulation. Some regulations are good when it comes to mushrooms. When it comes to drugs, why not? Yeah, we should probably have some regulation with like drugs. Like you don't want like to get heroin. It has like fentanyl in it, which it will. Because why? Because it's illegal and nobody's regulating that market. It's hard to regulate a black market. That's why it's black. Because you can't see what's going on. As opposed to a white market where we uh, everything's regulated. And that sounds racist that we label everything bad black. We should probably... It's like Indian. The word Indian has a bad... Has like an old-fashioned connotation. But... Only when you're talking about Native Americans and when it has something else, when you're making fun of it or something, like when you're talking about a stereotype or something. I don't know. I went to a bar called Indian Roller, and I thought they were talking about, like, you know, like killing Indians and, like, rolling them down a hill or something, like Native Americans. But actually, it, was a, it just meant a bird. It's just a bird. And it has nothing to do with Native Americans. It's, it's the continent of India, the Indian subcontinent. It's the like, East. You know, have you ever heard of it? South Asia? Look it up. I don't, I'm not here. To, this is not geography. I was I was in a very extroverted mood last night, and I went up to one of the best comics in the city, uh, and I asked him if I could hang out with him for a bit because, like, I don't know. He's gonna say no. He's nice, so I went to. Uh, I just walked with him for a bit. He got me into like a club that I never really have been to myself. It just felt like, hey, if I go with him, I'll probably it'll just be cool, like more fun to go with somebody that works that club and uh he he does like very often and he's like a very talented individual he's younger than me and like he's like the he's like kind of like at the pinnacle of of where you could be kind of in the austin scene i don't know there's or you could always go up i guess like there's another one that i that i've been following that i'm a fan of i don't think he likes me but i'm a fan of who cares i i support him I think we come, we're cut from a similar cloth, like we're both kind of incel-y. But anyway, I'm not even going to say who it is because I feel like that's like, I don't know why. I'm not talking sh- anything negative about him. I guess because I don't want to give him free promotion because I get like thousands upon thousands. Like he gets talked about on Joe Rogan's podcast, so I don't think he needs me to plug him. But uh, he's funny. He's a great joke writer. And uh, I guess I could say something bad about him if I don't say his name. So anyway, and I was hanging out with this other dude who's funny. And uh, we were just talking, shooting the shit, you know. And uh, he doesn't know my name yet, I don't think. Which is perfectly fine, like I was saying at the very beginning of this. Names are not really necessary if you, unless you care about that person. I don't really think it. I think it's funny to go like years hanging out with somebody without knowing their name because it's awkward it's too late to ask it's like hey we've known each other for a year what's your name it's like that'd be weird that'd be awkward be funny but kind of yeah so i met somebody last night uh i i bombarded somebody at a comedy at a show um who's like a celebrity to me like he's definitely like my somebody that i greatly look up to and admire and he's like, he knows Elon Musk. So so it was cool. It put me in a good mood because I wasn't really enjoying the night that much. I was. It was fine. But I was like, but then that really, really put me in a good mood because I went up to this, this famous guy. 
um, Lex Friedman, I guess is his name. I think that's his name. And he's a really good podcast, and uh, he was just at a thing that I went to, and I, I didn't really know it was him until I looked at his whole face. I was like, oh, shit. So as he was kind of trying to leave, which is probably the worst time to go up to somebody, I was like, hey, Lex. I just said, I said hey, hi, Lex. I'm a fan. And he was like, hey, well, yeah, what's your name? And then we just started talking for a little bit. And it was very easy to talk to him. Like he wasn't, it was very free, very like natural conversation. And it wasn't awkward. And it seemed like somebody I could be friends with if I was worthy of being friends with him. Like if I had anything going on, even remotely cool enough, like even half as cool as what he's doing, I could be his friend. Uh, but he doesn't need more friends, probably. He seems like he, I mean, he was there alone. I don't know. It'd be really cool to have a friend that's, like, way better at life than me. I don't like hanging out with people that have shittier lives than me because it makes me feel like a dick when I'm complaining about my life, and they're like, well, look at me, asshole. How do you, ooh, you're complaining about your life? Look at you. You have it so good. Meanwhile, I live in my car. I have to piss on the side of the street. I have to find a place to sleep every night that's, and hope I don't get shot. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to hang out with people like, with worse life. I was going to say below me, but that's a little bit pompous. It's a little bit condescending. Uh, they're not below me. They just have shittier lives objectively objectively shittier lives. I wake up just whenever I want. I could get as much sleep as I want. Nobody's calling me, asking me where I am, why I'm not clocking in. I'm not following DoorDash orders around, like trying to make tips on bullshit, tiny little de petty deliveries. I don't have to do shit. So I have a great, I, I have a fun, comfortable life. I could just go wherever I want, whenever I want, as long as my Tesla is not in the shop, which it is. It is still in the shops, and that's something I told Lex, because he was, because I talked to him about Tesla because the grand opening of the Giga Texas factory was last night or something, two nights ago, and I didn't get invited even though I live right by it and then bought the most expensive car they sell. Why would I be invited uh, so I was kind of bummed out about that just cause it'd be like, Hey, that is kind of like probably one of the biggest events that's most relevant to my interest that has happened since I moved here. So I was like kind of subconsciously bummed out. Not really. I could have just probably went and just without an invite and just tried to like, who cares? But I didn't. And so the next day I met somebody who knows Elon Musk and that's cool to just be one degree away. Not that I know him. I don't know the guy. I just met him. But it's still cool to have a one-to-one -one conversation with somebody that, that uh, is, is like, I don't know, there's somebody that I super respect. And he comes from, the, he, I guess he grew up for part of his life in the same area as me, like in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, he was like, where are you from? I was like, Buffalo Grove. He's like, yeah, I know a bunch of people from there. I was like, oh, that make, that's why I have the same accent. And then he laughed because he does not have the same accent as me. So he found that amusing, I guess. And uh, I don't know. I don't think it was fake laughing. Anyway, and my younger brother's a huge fan of him too. And that's something that we both talk about. We both talk about his podcast, Lex Friedman's podcast called uh, Machine, not Machine. It's called Artificial Intelligence. And uh, that's something that we've been talking about because it's a great thing that we both are interested in before I moved here. And uh, now that I moved here, 
I wanted to take a selfie. Now that I've met him, I wanted to take a selfie with him, and which that's something I would never, I don't ever ask people for selfies. So I was, I did have to get, I did kind of have to be in a very extroverted mood to do that. I was like, yo, my brother would be really amused if I, whatever, sent a selfie of you and me. So I took a selfie, and uh, and they left, and like we talked about how my Tesla is in the shop, and I feel like I could have been like, can you tell Elon to just give me another one? But I'd be really dumb. They'd be in poor taste. And uh, I'll meet Elon at, at some point. Uh, I hope. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. People will talk shit about people a lot, but it's probably it's really cool that there's a big Tesla factory here, that there's a rodeo, and, like, it's cool that Elon does stuff here. It's cool that other cool people do stuff here. All the people that think that that's uncool, they could move somewhere else, dog. This is a tech town. It's been that way since, like, the 90s. People are like, oh, Austin, it's going, it's been, it was so much cooler in the early 2000s when only uh, a few multi-billion dollar tech corporations were based here. It's like, well, okay, no, it was pretty uh, uncool then, I'm pretty sure, too. It was just uh, less trendy. I mean, it was still a tech town back then, is my point. It was cool, I guess, but it was a, definitely a tech town at least 25 to 30 years ago. So you're kind of late to the party to complain about tech bros being here. And there's a lot of them. Like, there's bros. Like, there's some shitty comedians that I was at or watching at a at a, at a club at a, a mic and somebody was like very in a very domineering like I don't know they're in a mood to like run the light and they tried to make fun of uh these bros in the front row that were just kind of lounging around like lounging and being super broy. but they're college kids of course they're gonna be broy. bros are a thing I would be a fucking bro if I was 20 years old and went to college and had bro other bro friends encouraging me to be broy. So they were just trying to like one up them and put them in a box and like condescend to them and be like, "So does your dad own a company that you're gonna work for?" It's like they're like, "No," and like, "So how much?" Like and they all did the same hacky thing. They all said, "So what does your dad own?" It's like, nothing. I'm studying on my own accord. I'm doing my own thing. And, like, that's not funny to do that. It's not funny to, like, incorrectly stereotype somebody. You look like a douchebag, which they were. They were bad comedians. But, hey, that's kind of, I don't know. Like, some people just do comedy to be toxic and try to one-up. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. It seemed dumb. It seemed like low-quality crowd work is all it was. Like, I don't do that. I don't do much crowd work because I'm not good at it, but, like, I don't condescend. I don't, like, be mean to people for no reason just because they're in the crowd. Like, you, oh, you look like your dad just hooks you up with everything. You, I'm jealous, and that's all I'm doing right now, just saying I'm jealous of you, and you're below me for some reason, even though I'm the one who's showing bad form. So that pissed me off. Not really didn't really piss me off it just made me realize that hey at least i'm not as bad as that person because i don't know man you kind of have to have like a really uh non-condescending attitude to do well here I, i've kind of gathered over the course of the eight, last eight months or so that i've lived here i don't know how long it's been something like that less than a year 
And like, if you go on stage and just start talking shit about the city and the stuff you don't like about it, the culture, or how there's not enough transportation or whatever, and how you, I don't know, I mean, everyone is already knows that, that there's homeless people here. If you just complain and think you're like, just have an attitude of arrogance. You're probably going to, like, eat shit. Like, nobody really wants to, like, support that. Like, no one's going to support your ego that you came here with. The people that do well are the people I was kind of just talking about earlier, like, that I was hanging out with. Um, the, the one that I walked, that I hung out with, he's not, doesn't have a big ego at all, yet he's uh, one of the funniest in the city. And same with, like, so that that's pretty much, like, it's pretty obvious that, that maybe that's a good thing that they're not, that they don't have a big ego, if that's, like, working for them. Oh, I don't know. I'm not, like, a logician. I'm not, like, uh, Alfred Hitchcock or Albert Einstein or some other old motherfucker who's smart. Uh, I don't think Alfred Hitchcock was a good example. It just came out of my mouth. But the point is, is what people like or or gravitate towards is is more like like self-deprecating like you could be funny if you're funny in any fucking way you could be a condescending douchebag and it could be funny if it's crafted in a joke form if it's a well formulated joke like i still do that type of shit i do the type of comedy where i do try to condescend to the crowd because i think it's funny and sometimes it actually is because i have been doing it long enough where I just know how to uh, deliver it and uh, in a way that, yeah, it's douchey, but that's the kind of what I'm going for. It's my character. When it works, it works. So, of course, I'm going to keep doing something that works it's, if it's funny. And, uh, and like, they, there's so many comedians that don't, have, that, that don't even try to uh, feel confident about Like, they just cave in on themselves like, yeah, I'm broke. I'm poor. My parents have way more money than me, but they don't give me any. And they're ashamed of me and blah, blah. I live in my car and I should kill myself and all that shit. And uh, there's a lot of that. And I feel for them. But that's not what everyone really wants to see. They don't always, not everyone really wants to see like a loser just talking about how they're a loser. That's not that funny. It could, you know, it's just, it just, it can be. It certainly can be, but it's also kind of sad, and it's like, it's all, there's another way to be funny besides being a loser, but by talking about how you're a failure and everything. Uh, like, Joe Rogan is not a loser, and he does get laughs, I'm pretty sure. There's a way to get laughs. Like, people, it's not about just the laughing, but like just people do want to be motivated by something. Too. They don't want to just see someone who has no success. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, if you are together if you have your shit together you could still be a comedian it actually might even help to have your shit together i didn't always i didn't know that until recently because i kind of have my shit to, compared to other people hey i'm not saying i'm fucking lego man i'm not saying i'm like santa claus like a super shit together having guy santa claus has never been late in his whole life he's the most having his shit together person on the planet he's self-employed he you do you ever hear any scandals about santa claus been doing his fucking job for thousands of years 
God knows what his Yelp reviews are, probably pretty good. He's got his shit together, is my point. Could he do stand-up? Yes. Anyway, I got my shit together. I'm not Santa Claus, but I do have my shit together, uh, kind of, and I could still be funny. I didn't know that. I thought I had to be like a fucking fuck-up to get laughs. Actually, no. All you really need is a funny voice. I could go on. Dude, one time I went on stage, and I just started talking in a southern accent, and I got huge laughs and it wasn't even a, a, a sentence I, I didn't even say a whole i was like i was just like i just did something like that and i got a huge laugh so i just kept doing it until i started laughing and then i was like okay i guess that's enough of that i'll do i'll just talk normal i'll try to be more well more normal i don't really have a normal speaking voice I, it ebbs and fl- it really is variable the way I present myself. Like right now, I'm kind of serious, deadpan. I could be very deadpan if I'm testing a joke and I don't really care. You know, like if I, if it works or not, I'm just testing it to see if it's good. I will probably I might do it deadpan. Like yes, this is this joke. I'm in a mahogany's relationship with a coffee table. Just see if it gets a laugh or whatever. See if anyone kind of latches onto it, and then later, once you know it's kind of funny on its own, you can you can you could uh, uh, gloss it up a bit by putting more pizzazz on your delivery. You could be like, "I'm a fucking in it. I'm a fucking." You could just do whatever you do to make it more fun for the audience because uh, that's what stand up is. It's not just reading sentences off your phone, which is my act. My whole act is reading off my phone. Cause I don't have a good memory. I have like a really, really bad memory. And uh, even, yeah, unless it's like a completely finished joke. But even then, I don't know to do it. I, don't, I forget that I had it in the first place. Uh, so that's a problem. I, but uh, the audience, yeah, stand-up is not just reading the joke or reciting the joke. It's not about the words. It's about the uh, the way you say it. So if you just are a really good joke writer, yeah, you might have some success. You'll probably you'll you could kill, but you won't really kill as hard as somebody who has that and good delivery. It's it really needs you really need the delivery part because that could sell a joke when there isn't even a joke. Like you could just be like, "What is that? What the fuck was that?" Like if somebody's like just says something, you could just be like, "What? What? What?" And and if you say it in the right way with the right inflection you could get a laugh so fuck joke writing it's all about personality but i i have been joke right i have been trying to like put some jokes together because uh i want to do kill tona i want to do oh i don't know the best show in the city which is uh that's i don't know if that's saying much because it's not really a show that i like to watch all the time like the whole episode no i don't think i could really get through the whole episode of any of those but i do scrub through them just to see okay this guy looks like a douchebag let's see how he does and it's fun to watch people bomb that's really all it is it's just like a schadenfreude uh podcast that's the theme it's like man glad i'm not that guy he just fucking ate his dick off got his dick handed to him i mean if you do well on it then they will praise you i guess but 
but I don't care. I'm going to fucking, I want a bomb on there just to like rip the bandaid off. Cause I feel like that's the centerpiece of this comedy scene. And this is the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Austin, Texas is the comedy capital of the world right now. Like there really isn't a city with more shit going on and more talent being pumped through it right now. And it's only going to get better because there's more comedy clubs opening and more people moving here every day. I'm here. Now that I'm here, it's going up in, in quality. And uh, so it, it's, uh, anyway, that's the centerpiece. Kill Tony. If you, do, if you don't do that, you're not really a comic, in my opinion. And you're not an Austin comic until you do Kill Tony. Also, just because you do it doesn't make you a comic either. There's comics that do it for the first time that aren't, I don't, they're not comics. If they're, that's their first time doing stand-up or the, you know, there's so many, there's a lot of people that go on there that don't go anywhere else, that don't go to Mike's. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? This guy doesn't even, I've never seen this person anywhere, but they're doing Kill Tony. So that's, it's like, they have a, it probably means they're diluted. Probably means they're not going to do well because the reason I haven't done it yet is because I haven't been doing comedy enough to feel like I have momentum built up where I can do it well. I wanted to do it when I feel ready. I don't want to just go up there and see the spotlights on me and be like, oh, fuck, I'm not prepared. I'm not ready to be on stage in front of this many people. So that's why I've been putting it off. But in this past week, I have been doing a bunch of open mics pretty much every day. And I could feel myself getting funny again in a way that I haven't felt in a long time. You need to do it like every day to, to build up the momentum, the confidence, and the, the ability to do it consistently, to be funny consistently. Going on stage has to feel like a comfortable thing. Like you have to be excited to get on stage. You can't be like nervous. Nerves are good for, for preparing you to get good or whatever. I don't know what nerves are good for. I don't know if they are good actually, but not being nervous is even better and being excited is best because then you'll probably actually have fun if you're having fun other people are bound to have fun if you're not having fun you're gonna bomb that's just a fact i don't care if it's if you think it's there's exceptions there is exceptions to every rule but that's a pretty hard and fast rule of comedy is that if you're not having fun they ain't gonna have fun unless it's at your expense that could be if that's for sure true that they could still have fun but only because they're laughing at how shitty you are so i'm gonna try to do kill tony if not this week then the next week just until i do it till i get my name picked or whatever i'm gonna use a fake name because my real one is too long and it'll fuck up the works it'll gum up the works if it's like what the fuck is this tim weishelbaum or whatever and then i'll it's so i'm probably just gonna use a really dumb stage name and also i don't mind a little bit of anonymity Cause I don't want people like knowing my real name and like googling where I live and like burglarize, like shooting me and like me having to shoot, like have a shootout just over jokes that I told. Cause I'm very paranoid about really unreasonable. Like I know that's not gonna happen probably, but just the fact that it could. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I guess I am kind of paranoid about like the reality of the reality that we live in happening, like unfolding in a negative way, like people like coming after me i don't know 
I mean, they will. People come after you if you're doing anything successful, which sucks. Like, it, like it sucks. That's just part of nature, I think. So I was in a very extroverted mood last night just because I've been going out like a lot that I kind of be like, yeah, okay, I belong here, kind of. I kind of feel like I am hungry enough to do comedy the way that is meant to be done. You can't just do it lazily. Uh, and I don't like just going to hang around clubs or the one comedy club where you can hang out. Uh, I don't really like being there that long any because like, I feel like a loser not be like because I don't work that club I've never done shows there and I've only ever like done the open mics poorly so being there for a while I feel like why am I here I could be like at home writing I could be working on jokes I could be doing literally anything else besides this and I'll f probably feel better about myself because you get you don't you know there's a lot of comics that have big egos that go to this club because it's like the premier club right now Joe Rogan's club Mothership, I believe it's going to be called, hasn't opened yet. So that's the only one that you're, it's like where all the comics hang out. And it's like, so there's some ego energy there. Like sometimes you'll, you'll try to like join a conversation with a group that you're not too familiar with. And then like the, one of them will just like ignore you because they're like a hot shot and they think they're like too good to talk to you or something. So that's, that happens. Um, so I don't really like, going there that much and it's just not the most welcoming vibe all the time sometimes I, there's some really nice people that work there though so anyway and, but there's no point hanging out there anyway because if you're not there to do comedy what the hell you don't have to be there there's other places to go there's, a, there's open mics every single day a lot of them are outside still which sucks it's not great but you have to you want to get up every night you have to go outside i did it at a park i did it outside on the street multiple times and like i'll i do street comedy now it's not easy not easy i didn't try i tried to try but then i failed to do jokes i didn't really do material i just tried to riff only got like one one laugh because this hot guy ran by I was like that doesn't make me happy and that got a laugh because it was a perfectly timed thing to say and that just takes practice. It just takes uh, reps. That's really all. That's what it is. That's what I was getting towards is like the reps, man. It's like you got to do it every fucking day. Same with exercising, which I didn't do today because I'm lazy. You get, uh, I guess it's my off day for exercise. Sunday is probably a better off day, but maybe I will exercise later. I don't like to exercise, man. It's sober. I like to smoke a bunch of Delta 8. Because it makes me paranoid enough to exercise. It just because it makes my brain like it's like oh shit I should exercise I might die if I don't or something like that. So that makes it more fun. And anyway, so yeah, I'm starting to like get hungry to actually like get somewhere in comedy like in a greedy way. Like you need to be greedy. It, I, it became like kind of really clear to me like last night as I was like driving angrily into the city uh, for some reason i just had this like this 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 very uh strong intense like don't fuck with me type of energy like don't fuck with me i know what i like i i, I it's my road too it's it's everyone's road public 
don't you gotta be respectful like don't get in my grill uh and i was like you know what i am i can be a comic i am a hot shot like those assholes that don't talk that ignore you i don't ignore people but i am a talented comedian when i want to be when i want to be i can so that that's what i had last night i was like you know what that's it became very clear what it takes to be a comedian like a real comedian it takes epic self uh belief in yourself like it, it like uh entitlement and that might be a bad word but that's what it takes you need to feel like you actually are entitled to stage time you have to not you have to be unabashedly unapologetically af- not unafraid you have to be like yes i belong up there i am more than i'm better than anyone else or at least i belong here fuck everyone else i don't give a fuck about anyone else i don't care how good the last comic was bef- that i'm following i'm going to do twice as good as them cuz i am twice as good as them if i want to be it's nothing to do with them. I don't give a fuck. I, I, it's all about me knowing my capacity for funny-ness. And it's pretty good. It's pretty high up there. The upper limit on my, ta- on my comedic output is pretty fucking good when I'm in the zone. And that's all it takes is me believing in myself. It takes more than that for other people because they haven't been doing it for as long. You have to build a basic... You have to build the chops, and then once you have that, then it really, yeah, the next step is confidence to actually pursue it as a career and, like, fucking take names. Ask for, like, hey, how do I get on this? Oh, yeah, yeah. and, like, network and all that, and, like, yeah. No one else is going to hand it to you. That's definitely not how it works. No one gives a flying fuck. If you don't want to do comedy anymore, they go, okay, there's other people that do. So we don't need you and we don't miss you. So if that's how it is, then you have to tell yourself, well, then it really is just up to me if I want to do it or not. It's not up to anyone else. It is up to, okay. What I mean is no one is going to hand it to you. So you have to chase after it very focused and very greedily because otherwise it's never going to happen. It ain't ever going to happen. You're going to be an open mic your whole life until you get greedy and hungry enough to be like, yeah, I deserve something more. That's just how it works. And uh, so I had that yesterday. I didn't, yeah, and so I don't know. It's just a good place to be. And uh, I guess you need that drive. You need that, that like fucking focus like based in like revenge like this vindictive like you know what anyone who said i wasn't gonna be do this or whatever anyone who doubted me not that there's many people that i can think of that i am trying to be vindictive towards i really there's no one really specific that doubted me but fuck them anyway i'm still gonna live i'm still gonna do it because the best revenge is living well, and I'm living well. I already got that part figured out. Like people probably are jealous of me already, just from having my own house. Like that's enough to be be like, yeah, fuck that guy. But also, I want more. I want more, and it's what I'm meant to do. I need nothing else in life has given me the happiness that doing 
well on a comedy stage has given me. And it doesn't mean I've been killing. I have not been doing that well. I did like a couple okay. I did, I've been doing okay. I haven't done like a set in a long time where I'm like, yeah, I fucking murdered. But anyway, I'm going to do Kill Tony and I'm going to eat dick and just take the blows like a man and just roll with the punches. If they say something mean, I'll just be like, yeah, that's, you're right. Fuck me. All right, that's right. That's accurate. I don't know. Because who gives a fuck? I, don't, I have nothing to lose. Nothing. I can only gain. What am I going to lose? My mortgage? What does that even mean? Not going to lose anything. People will try to cancel you if you are successful. But that's just... Fuck them. Fuck those people too. I mean, you can't get bogged down by what other people try to do to you. I don't control what other people do. I can only control my own personality. I don't know. Yeah, there's going to be people that just are fucking abused, just rude. That just like give you ugly, that just are nasty. Is there anything I could do to, to prevent that? Absolutely not. Can I do my best to make good about for the people I care about to make like check on them. Are you are we cool? Did I do something to piss you off? Like yeah, I could do that. But if randos just start I don't know flinging shit at me, there's nothing I could do to prevent that. So you just have to keep plowing forward like a steamroller. Some people are participants. Other people are just on the side of the road, just stuck in the mud. Watching the person, the participants fly by, going like, fuck that guy, look at him. How does he think he could do that? Well, I don't know, he just is doing it. He's on his bike. He's pedaling. You're not. You're on the side of the road, judging somebody who's actually in the race. You're the loser in this context. The person chasing their dreams is not the loser. Uh, that's something I realized when I took mushrooms, I was riding my bike, I was on my exercise bike, and literally there were cars on the side of the road. I was on my bike going past, like, and it just instantly turned into a metaphor for life. I was like, yeah, some people are just hanging out, doing nothing. They're just level, just plateaued. And uh, you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep plowing forward. You got to keep taking cold showers because it reduces your... It makes you more tolerant to stress because life is very stressful. And those people on the side of the road, yeah, those are victims, they think. They think they're just victims of circumstance. That's why they don't try. They just go, well, fuck that guy. He, I'm the one who deserves that. Well, you're not on your bike. Get on your fucking bike then if you think you deserve it. You just got to keep going, man. Every, you just got to keep steamrolling YOLO into shit. I, I, I've been YOLOing a little bit. Um, and I have to hype myself up though, like before show, like I, like I kind of just illustrated, like I have to tell myself, don't forget that you're fun. I have to be like, Oh, okay. Like if somebody else does well and I have to follow them, that can't, that's stifling if you allow it to be, or you could look at it as a positive. You could be like, Oh, well, they warmed up the crowd. Now there's going to be a high likelihood that they will want to keep laughing. They just saw a good comic. They like laughing. Well, that's give them what they want. Like, that's what I forgot. That's what I didn't really 
realize ever when I was doing comedy for the past nine years is that all people want from you is to laugh. They don't give a fuck about your ego. They don't care what your background is. I mean, they do if it's a political crowd, but they still want to just laugh if it's a real comedy show, not just an SJW whatever benefit show, virtue signaling festival. If it's an actual comedy show, which there's a lot of in this city, People just want to laugh. Like, that's all you're doing. It's not that complicated. Just do something that makes people laugh. And I could do that. I've, I've always been able to do that. Uh, as a kid, I was able to do that. Uh, so, yeah, I have to hype myself up sometimes to do well. I have to be like, uh, yeah, don't, like, you could do this. It'll be in a different way. Like, that's another thing that stifles you is you'll, you'll see somebody do something that you can't do. You'll be like, holy sh! I don't know how the hell that guy does. I can't do that. Uh, yeah, but you could do something else. That's also funny. That's also valuable. So you got to YOLO into shit sometimes. I'm very neurotic. I'm a neurosis, neurotic Jewish-Italian. I feel like both sides of my genetics are like clashing like my italian side is into like fast cars gaudy shit like fancy uh italian like pasta revanole primavera and like fascism and then my jewish side is like i don't know about that we should probably wash our hands, but when we get home, we don't want to get germs everywhere. Oh, my bathroom's so dirty. Even though it's not that dirty, I'm still worried because it's green. Because it's starting to turn slightly off color from when it was brand new. And that's a reflection on me and my personality. And that's kind of stupid. Nobody gives a shit if your bathroom's not perfectly clean. Nobody gives a fuck. You can still be a good person. You're still a real person. Your your cleanliness is like, well, it's it matters. I'm not saying hygiene is not important, but like going around your house and being like, it's slightly discolored. That means I'm getting, everything's turning to shit and I have to maintain it or else I, my, I just feel lesser as a person. That's a neurosis thought. And it's bullshit. You just gotta, like, life is temporary. Who gives a shit if the box you live in is slightly not perfect? Life is better when it's not perfect. That's what I like about it. I like hanging out with fucking comics that have fucked up lives. Because they're fun to talk to. They themselves need that type of it. They need attention because they want to be validated because they know that they're abnormal so I'm there to do that to them. I'm there to validate them. Not really. That's just one of the things I like doing. That's why I like hanging out with other comics sometimes. Not the one, you know, some of them are crazy and, like, not so, people I would want, really want to be that involved with because I don't want to get, like, a felony. But there's some that are just like me. They're just confused. Their soul is, like, hurting and yearning for something that it's not getting. It's an unitched scratch. Or unscratched itch is what I meant to say and they need somebody to come and give them hope it's a lot of people like me that moved here and like realized that it's actually kind of hard to make it here and that makes them not even want to try so they stay in their cocoon and they rot away and they go like 
fuck, I'm a loser. I, and then they go out and it's like, okay, I finally went out. Yeah, I've been here eight months. You've only seen me two times. Yeah, you got to get over that because, you know, I can and you know, I could make it in this city. Uh, some people can't. Um, some people move here thinking that they are, it'll just be easy for some reason. It's not easy to start to restart in a new town. And I'm talking about I'm talking about anything really. It's not about, just about comedy. But anyway, Austin is a better comedy city than Chicago. <laughs> like it's got its factions. Like like there's some wokies here, yoki wokies, those yokels, those weird redneck woke people. A lot of them are rednecks. Original like a lot of woke people came from like very southern redneck type families and that's why they're they're woke because they're ashamed of their families so they just try to pretend that they're not racist or something by uh by insulting other i don't know they by just insult by throwing people under the bus that they deem not woke enough uh fuck those people uh they could stay in their midway they could stay in where they are i fuck them i don't want anything to do with them because that isn't really valuable to just virtue signal and like i'm i'm a good person right like white guilt i just don't have that i don't i'm sorry to to the people that i've i mean i'm not i'm not actually sorry that's like the whole point of white guilt it's like sorry not sorry i love that phrase hey i just want to say i'm sorry that i am not that i don't feel bad at all for that i have no white guilt like like oh, oh, that is a heavy thing to to have on your mind when there's plenty of other things to to to, to be worried about than my uh, my the color of my skin being problematic. Yeah, pretty sure life is bad for everybody. Like we still live on the same planet. Pretty sure it's tough for white people too. I know plenty of white people that have shit lives. But anyway, that's not even really. The whole point of white guilt, like, it's like, I feel like white guilt is like a special thing that only white people have because white people are the only ones that are capable of being ashamed of their race. And that's like, they, that's a convenient thing. Like, they're so nice or they have so much compassion that they're willing to just bend backwards for no reason just to accommodate their own uh insecurities like they just, they're so insecure and also accommodating and compassionate that they could just be molded to think a certain way even if it's a dumb way to think if it just makes them feel good if it's just like candy it's like adults it's just candy for the adult brain that's all uh virtue signaling is it's just like oh man we should do something about the the planet we should do something about CO2 and like shame people who drive a certain car or something. It's like, no, we shouldn't. The earth is going to be fine. Like I said on the last episode, we're going to move to Mars. Like global warming. Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, but we have other planets. Did, did you not learn that in science? Did you not do very well in school that you forgot that there's like eight planets you fuck, you dumbass. <laughs> ah, man. So, yeah, it's a better city for comedy. Uh, they just don't, like, yeah, like, in Chicago, you kind of had to do 
jokes about how white people equals bad, conservatives equal bad, Trump equal bad, like anything that's not leftist, like, and that changes all the time. Like, what the fuck is leftist mean? Just, like, that, that's just like a bleeding edge. That change, like, everything becomes more and more uh, radicalized. Every day, it's like you have to have an opinion that lines up with whatever is trendy. Like you have to think uh, that women are not women. You have to like not be able to define what a woman is, or else you're a scumbag or something crazy like that. Like something so barbarically obvious. Like yeah, I'm pretty sure I know what a woman is and what a man is. But like if you say what it is, then you're like you're evil. But that's stupid. Of course, it's not true. Of course, you're not evil. Like, I guess because there's so few actual evil people in this country that we have to invent reasons to call people evil when it's fucking, there's no fucking, there's not that many actual evil people. I mean, except for the actual evil people that are in jail and the ones that are like kind of on the fringe of evilness, like, like if they get accused of something sexual misconduct, that's kind of like, okay, or who the fuck accuse them like what's the full story i need the full story because that's more of a gray area because we don't have like a way to like know if someone got raped like a hundred percent it's like we you know and i don't know man we don't want to live in like a surveillance society where we just know like it's it's uh, there's definitely some evil fucking people in this world and i don't think uh being transphobic is what makes you evil I'm afraid of plenty of things, man. Transphobic? Yeah, I guess I'm definitely transphobic. I don't want a dude's dick in my mouth. If he looks like a woman and he has a dick, that's kind of scary. That's kind of sketchy to me. Like, it's a woman. She's hot, but she has a dick that's bigger than mine? Yeah, I'm kind of intimidated by that. Am I, like, terrified? To be honest, a little. So, yeah, I'm more than transphobic. I'm trans fucking I'm trans terrified, dude. I'm I'm trans sketched out. Do I hate them? No, they can live their lives. So as as bigoted as that is, it's it's like okay, you're allowed to be a bigot in this country. It's legal to be a bigot. It's free speech to be a bigot. Uh, and the, you know that's what Chicago excelled at was bigotry, like not towards trans people, but towards uh, anything that's against trans people. Like they are bigoted towards transphobic people which is funny it's like you're fighting bigotry with bigotry instead of trying to get to a mutual understanding and like talking to them like they're people and actually asking them what they're you know trying to change their mind you just call them names that's your tactic it's like hey man did you hear tim weichselbaum said he's transphobic on his podcast yeah we should fucking cancel him it's like well i'm still gonna be transphobic just on a different podcast it didn't change my mind. Fucking wiener. Chick with a dick. Wiener sauce. I have no hate towards chicks with dicks. It's just, a, it's, just what, it's just what they are. They're chicks with dicks. It's accurate. Down to the fucking anatomy. Down to the nub. Down to the every joint. Whatever. Can, can, should swimmers compete with men? No. I mean, that takes the fun out of it. It takes the fun out of it if you know you're going to lose. It's like, well... We're real women. We were born women. He was born a dude. And we're competing with it. We're definitely going to lose. 
What's the point of even competing then? I mean, it's such easy fucking logic. But you don't want to be called transphobic. So we better think about it more. Better keep debating it. It's like, I'm not, you know, it's like, should they be allowed to compete with women? No, it's called women's for a reason. And trans women are not the same as uh, birth women. And uh, science can be pretty transphobic, I know. I hate to be the bearer of, of bad news, but that's just science. So Team JK Rowling all the way. She's a good person. Can you imagine if, she, if that made her a bad person just because she thought women were women? <laughs> That's all it takes for someone to be a bad person if they're white and a woman? White women are so easy to talk shit about, dude. Like, I was on the streets of Austin and, like, some group of, you know, dime a dozen group of blonde bitches, like, yelled something at me. And I was just like, oh, fucking white women. And nobody got offended because that's like the easy, that's like the most common denominator, like least offensive slur is just calling white women that what they are. And it's not even like, that's just, it's just like, of course, white women have like a certain attitude about them, a certain self, they have an air of self entitlement and empowerment and they think they're worth more than they are. You see them, so, they're so dime a dozen, dude. Like in Austin, Texas, you, you just go outside. Uh, you'll see groups of very attractive women uh, just with themselves, not a dude in the mix. Uh, so I don't know why, how that, well, there's just a lot of them. More women than men that do that. You don't see a much of a group of hot men walking together as often as you do women. And so they really aren't that valuable when there's that much, do like do they not realize that inflation exists? Like, don't they know the how supply and demand works? Like, if there's that many of them, we're not gonna like value them that much. Like, if like, okay, I'll just get another one if that one doesn't like me anymore. Um, Austin is competitive for comedy, in my opinion. It's becoming the stand-up comedy capital of the world. There's a lot of talent here. I already said all this. But it's not for everybody. It is not for everybody. And that's my nice way of saying that not everybody can make it here. Like that's a nicer way. Because somebody that I kind of, that moved here recently is moving back already after less than a year. And when people ask, like tell me, like, oh, did you hear that he's, he's moving back? I just go, yeah, Boston's not for everyone. When really I'm thinking... Yeah, he's a pussy who couldn't make it in this town because he's a fucking loser because he's a dumbass with really with a really bad attitude. That's what I really wanted to say, but I'm saying it on my podcast. And I would say this to his face. I think I did, actually. <laughs> I think I did say it to his face. So I guess I don't really have anything to hide by saying it on here. I'm not going to say who it is, but who cares? He's probably not going to ever be a successful comedian, but... If he proved me wrong, I would be the first to say it. I'd be the first to support him. Because maybe he's right. Maybe Austin is a shitty place that he's better than. And I mean, I can't imagine that ever. I don't see how that's true since other people are doing well. But uh, it's the attitude that's the problem. I totally got to adjust your attitude. It's, it's not, 
It's not the city, it's you. It's your attitude that's fucked up. Because I'm pretty sure I moved here at the same time, and I don't have the same attitude as you. And I'm enjoying it more than you, so you're a dumbass. But sometimes you got to hear harsh words from people that, that are actually your friends. Like, I'm not hating on this guy. I was rooting for him, but I also kind of knew that he would fail just based on his attitude because he developed like a big ego in his hometown. He thought that it would translate to a different time where nobody gives a fuck about him. Like he definitely alienated people. Like people dislike him. He he definitely <laughs> made a name for himself in a negative way. And it kind of made me kind of embarrassed to also be from the same place as him. Yeah. Attitude is big for success in anything that you try. Austin, and I already read that. It's hard to do comedy in your hometown. I already, that's what I just was talking about, baby. We're almost done here, baby. This has been a very fun episode. I'm in a, I'm in a talkative mood. I'm, I'm probably going to go out after this. And anyway, so to a very late, to a late night thing, open mic. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get up, but I'm going to try to get out there. So I need to be doing it every day to keep the momentum going so it doesn't feel, so I don't feel nervous to go on stage. Because then I could just focus on the jokes. You don't want to be nervous on stage. It doesn't, doesn't really help. You want to be in the moment. You want to let things breathe. That's how you could be funny. It's one way to get whatever. This is, this is a very insightful <laughs> podcast about how to be a comedian for people that don't watch this. Some opinions can be wrong. Like, the word opinion doesn't mean it's a subjective view. It, it, it's your view, but it doesn't mean the topic at hand is a subjective thing. Like, you could be totally wrong about something, objective, yet still have an opinion. Uh, like, if somebody says a comic isn't funny, yet they get laughs, they're funny. Your opinion sucks. It's wrong. That's what I like about comedy. Like, it's subjective, but also objective at the same time. Like, you could hate a comedian... But you can't deny if they're funny. I'm sorry. Like, if they get laughs and you just happen to not like them, you can't say they're not funny. Like, I'm sorry. That's just not how it works. Um, you just look like a douchebag if, you, if, like, a comedian comes up in conversation. Oh, that, guy, that guy's not funny. He's a douchebag. Fuck that guy. It's like, well, no, he's, he is funny. I just saw him and he made me laugh. And the whole crowd laughed. So you're... You're absolutely wrong, and I don't know why you're... So maybe you just need to go out more. I don't know. Like Maybe you should just keep your mouth shut. I don't know, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with talking shit. I love talking shit. Like, you could not like a comic and say he's not... Claim that they're not... But you can't. You could say you're jealous of them. Most people that talk shit are just saying they're annoyed of somebody. They're just annoyed of them. That's really all it is. It's like, oh, that person's obnoxious. Anyway, I'm getting serious about the craft of stand-up comedy. And by that, I mean I'm no longer going to be fucking female comics. Starting now. I don't want to get canceled before I even have a career. Unless it's like a Mitzi Shore situation and they own a comedy club and they can get me work if I go down or blow them. Or if it's just to feel good about myself. But once you fuck another comedian, you gotta be very 
mature. You got to like walk on eggshells for the next 10 to 20 years of your life. So it's probably not a good idea because if you just say something mean about them on stage, they might get hear about it and get really pissed off and then it turns into drama. So is you might think it's just like, okay, it's just sex, big deal. But sex does create like a connection sometimes like it creates a physical and emotional connection and then it does make you want to talk about it. It's very hard to just keep it bottled up when you have material. Comedians love to talk. So it's probably not a good idea because then you have to be you have to keep your mouth shut. And that's not fun. No comics don't want to censor themselves. They do want to talk about sex that they've had with other comics. It's a terrible way to make a living. And this has been episode 24 of the Tim Fikes Bomb Show. Thank you for listening.